Hey everybody, Nate Clark here. I'm the pastor of Oasis Church here in Richmond, Virginia. We pray that this podcast is helpful and encouraging to you in your life. Here's today's message. Last three weeks, we've been in a collection that we've called I Am, and we've been looking through the Gospel of John, and there are seven different statements that Jesus makes about himself. Jesus says, I am these seven things throughout the Gospel of John. And so we are on a journey through John, a journey through the seven I am statements of Jesus to really learn more about who Jesus is. Because we've said this, if you want to know what God is like, look at Jesus. And if you want to know what Jesus is like, you have to listen to his words. If you want to know what God is like, look at Jesus. And if you want to know what Jesus is like, you have to listen to to his words. Jesus is everything that God wanted to say about himself. And so John's gospel gives us so much clarity, so much help that we don't have to wonder who Jesus is. We don't have to come up with or shoot in the dark as to who the person of Jesus is. Jesus clearly tells us, here's who I am. And so we're marching through these seven different statements to say, who is Jesus? And, and we're asking God to help us learn more and fall more in love with the person of Jesus. We've talked about Jesus is the bread of life. Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus is the door. And today we're going to get number four. Jesus is the good shepherd. So John chapter 10, verse number 11 is where we're going to read from. You ready for God's word today? I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees a wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and he runs away. And the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. And the man runs away because he's a hired hand and he cares nothing for the sheep. Verse 14, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as the father knows me and I know the father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will hear my voice. They shall be one flock and one shepherd. And the reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me. I lay it down on my own accord. I have the authority to lay it down and the authority to take it up again. This command I received from the father. Today I want to talk about Jesus is the good shepherd. Father, thank you for your word today. Lord, I pray today that you would do what I cannot do and that is change our hearts and change our lives. Lord, I pray when we leave today, we wouldn't have just attended a service or watched a video, but Lord, I pray that we would have heard from heaven. So speak to us today, Lord. Our ears are open, our hearts are open to receive what you have for us in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Hey, so this past June, we talked about the idea of sheep and shepherd. I don't know if you remember that. We had petting zoos out. If you weren't here, you can go back on YouTube or the podcast and look. We talked about the fact that we are sheep and we need a shepherd. The message was called, You Need a Shepherd. And we talked about the dynamics of sheep, which when I say the dynamic of sheep, I'm talking about me and you, humanity. The scripture refers to us as sheep. We said, hey, sheep are directionless. Without help, we don't know what we're doing or where we're going. Come on, can anybody relate? Uh, that sheep are defenseless, like we don't have it in us to fight off the powers of darkness on ourselves, that we're helpless. And so because sheep lack all these things, sheep need a shepherd. And so we, we talked about who we are, what our sheep, and why a shepherd is so vital to us. And in our passage today, I, I'm not gonna camp out on who me and you are as sheep. We're gonna look at who Jesus is as the shepherd. 
I was thinking about this idea, and um, Anna and Silas and I were at, let's just call it for the sake of the story, because I don't want to put any names out there. We were at an establishment uh, a few months ago, and it was like an outing. It was a weekend. We were going to you know, go have a good time. We were going to go out and make some memories. And so we're at this establishment here in town. And um, if you don't know this about me, I'll just let you in on a little bit of who I am. I am an a intense observer of things and people. Okay, everywhere I go, I'm picking it apart. I'm wondering how it works. I'm wondering why it's working, why it's not working. I'm, I'm a, I hyper-analyze everything in people. And uh, there's a big difference between observing people and judging people. Okay, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not judging you, but I am watching you. <laughs> so this is just how my brain works. I don't know. It's, it's how I operate. And so we're at this establishment, and we're kind of in. It's crowded. We're in the parking lot. We're kind of getting ready to go in. And I'm just observing everyone and everything, particularly like the employees, and I'm seeing a lot of these employees, and there's a lot of things I'm already seeing that are, like, not getting done very well. And I'm looking at the employees, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's why. Like, like dude or gal's got, like, one AirPod in, like, Snapchatting down here while they're trying to pay attention to the customer. And, like, stuff isn't getting done. I'm like, you have one job. You literally have one job, and you're not doing it, right? That's why it's not getting done. So I'm looking at it, and I'm like, man, the culture here for the employees is kind of, like, chill and lax and, you know, whatever. It's like just dudes and gals punching the clock, you know, like, no, no care in the world. And, and so we're getting ready to go in, but there's another guy holding the door for us as we go in. And this guy, like, you could tell he, he cares. He, like, he was different. Like, he wasn't, like, phone down in the AirPod. Like, he cared. Like, like little piece of trash gets dropped. He's picking it up. Like, like, he was different. And so on our way in, I just grabbed him real quick, and I'm like, excuse me, sir, how long have you owned this place? He said, I've owned this place since 1978. I said, yeah, I can tell. Like, how many know there's a difference between an owner and an employee? <laughs> At least a stereotypical employee. If, if an employee has a, a spirit of ownership in them, it's different. Like, if, like we got that night a different experience with the employee at the register Snapchatting while they're trying to get our ticket versus the owner. If I'm dealing with the owner, I get a different experience than I get with a hired hand. You with me today? There's just a difference because there's a sense of ownership. And what Jesus is painting and describing in John chapter 10, when he describes himself as the good shepherd, he's putting himself up against a hired hand. He's like, hey, I, I'm going to tell you how I operate as the good shepherd by comparing and contrasting it to a hired hand. Say, hey, a hired hand, if a wolf comes, he's out, <laughs> Why? Because he's hired. He's debating amongst himself. What I'm getting paid here is not worth the risk on my life, so I'd rather leave than get what I'm getting paid. Why? Because he's a hired hand. He's punching a clock. A hired hand is not there because they care. They're there because they need a job. A hired hand is not there because they are deeply invested. They're there because they need some money and something to put their hand to. And so Jesus is comparing and contrasting himself to, from an, an owner to a hired hand. And he's, he's saying that he is the good shepherd. He is the owner. He is not the hired hand. He's painting a picture of what it is like to experience him and know him. When you walk with Jesus and experience Jesus, you're not getting the employee on Snapchat. You're getting 
the owner. You're getting the one with the investment. You're getting the one that says, no, when danger comes, I don't run off, but I stay and fight it off because I am the good shepherd. There's ownership and investment here. This is good news in our walk with Jesus, that Jesus is the good shepherd. He's the good shepherd. So there's a few observations about this that I wanted to pull out. The first one is this. A hired hand is selfish. The good shepherd is selfless. A hired hand is selfish. The good shepherd is selfless. And I don't even say this about the hired hand as a criticism. I don't say this as a knock on them. I say it as the reality. A hired hand is there selfishly. They're there to be compensated themselves. They're not there because they love the sheep and care about the sheep and are all about the sheep. They're there because they need a job. The motive is inward. The motive is, what am I getting to be here? How am I benefiting from being in this? Whereas the good shepherd is not focused inward. The good shepherd is focused outward on the care and the concern of the sheep. I'm not just here for me because when my life is in danger, the good shepherd goes to war. Why? For the benefit of the sheep. Selfless. The good shepherd is selfless where the hired hand is selfish. I love this quote from Charles Spurgeon. He said it like this regarding Jesus and the good shepherd. He said, to these people, their wealth was wool. So their fortunes were in their flocks. So the Lord is our good shepherd. Therefore, we are his wealth. Jesus is the good shepherd, meaning we, we are what he's concerned about. We are what he cares about. We are why he is there. He's not a hired hand. He's not selfishly inward focused. He's there because he's invested in the sheep. The good shepherd's focus is outward, not inward. Are you with me today? The second thing is this. A hired hand is disconnected. The good shepherd is invested. The hired hand is disconnected but the good shepherd is invested. I get this from verse 14, where in the words of Jesus, he says this, I know my sheep and my sheep know me. He's saying, hey, I, as the good shepherd, am close enough to them in my interactions with them that I know who they are. Like when they say, hey, where's your flock? I don't point to a crowd and say, there's the flock. But no, I know each one. Like I know their name." and they know my name. I'm personally invested. He's saying this to say the good shepherd is close enough in proximity to the flock that they're invested personally in the names and the needs of the sheep. If you don't know the sheep's name, how can you know the sheep's needs? So, so the good shepherd is invested because he's there. This is talking about the heart and the proximity of our God to us, that he is not distant and absent and just puts us all in a lump sum of, oh, there's just people out there. No, 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 God knows your name. God knows your needs. God is invested personally. He says, I know my sheep and my sheep know me. That verse got me thinking about when I was looking for colleges, my last year or so of high school, started looking at colleges and doing college visits. Anybody remember doing that? And, you know, you're applying and you're going to visit and you're, you know, looking up colleges and stuff. And I went to Liberty in Lynchburg. And one thing I remember, even in my time, like thinking about Liberty or asking about Liberty was one thing that they said all the time. And they were so big, but they cared about this. They said, hey, here at Liberty, you're not a number, you're a name. 
You're not a number, you're a name. And here's what they were saying. They were referring to the fact that at every other college, people are numbers. And that's not a criticism of them, that's just a reality. Like if you go to VCU or UVA or Virginia Tech or any of these others, like you're in a lecture hall and they're taking attendance, like you're literally a number because there's so many thousands of people there. And even at Liberty, as they've grown, they've, they, they, they've really tried to say, hey, you're not just a, a, a number, but you're a name. And here's how that practically played out. Because you hear that and you're like, yeah, there's thousands of people, whatever. Like, you don't really care about me, you know, whatever. But you get there, and I remember my freshman year, one of my first classes, the first day, the professor gets up, and this is a lecture hall. Like, think giant lecture hall. Think big lecture hall. Like five, six, seven hundred students in this thing. And, and he's like, all right, I want everybody to pull out your cell phones. I want you to go add a contact, blah, 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 name, and here's my number. I want you to save my number. And he's like, hey, this whole semester, he's like, if you find yourself in a situation, maybe you made a decision one weekend that you realize you shouldn't have made and you find yourself in a place you shouldn't be and you just need help or you got a question, like if you're, if you're hurting, if stuff's going on in your family and you're, he's like, call me. Call me whenever. Call me in the middle of the night. If you need help, call me in the middle of the night. And then he said, now, if you abuse this, I got a great prayer life and I'll pray bad things over your life. <laughs> I'm like, I appreciate that. thing, but, but he was serious. He's like, hey, if, if you need me, like, let me know. What was he doing? He was, he was actually getting to know people. He was being accessible. He was being close. He was being near. Like, he, he really did know names. He really did make himself available. What was he doing? He was saying, hey, this is not just a crowd. This is not just a class. But, like, there's Gus. I know, I know Gus's name, so I know Gus's needs. Like, I'm, my sheep know me, and I know my Sheep, this is what Jesus is saying is, as the good shepherd, I'm not just corporately involved because you're a part of a big body. No, I'm personally involved. I know your name. I know the number of hairs on your head. Because I know your name, I know your needs. Because I know your needs, I can care for your needs. The good shepherd knows the name of the sheep. This is good news about God because this is how God interacts with us. He's personally invested. He personally cares. He personally knows says, I'm invested. I care. If I don't know your name, how will I know your needs? And he's saying, hey, I do know your name. I do know your name. You're not just a number. You're not just a person. You're not just a guy or a gal. No, no, no. I know you. And I'm invested in you. This is the difference between a hired hand and a good shepherd. So that's, that's who the good shepherd is. He's invested. He's involved. He has ownership. He cares. So now let's talk about what the good shepherd does. Okay? That's who he is. So now let's talk about what he does. Hebrews chapter number 13. Hebrews chapter number 13. I want to read verses 20 and 21. Uh, most scholars believe the apostle Paul wrote Hebrews, but we don't fully know who wrote it, but we do know he likes coffee because Hebrews. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> Hebrews 13 verse number 20 says this. Now may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus. All right, so he's talking about what Jesus has done. And then he gives Jesus a name here as he prays for them. All right, so look, he's assigning a name to Jesus, and then he's going to tell them what Jesus does. All right, and look, he could assign any name to Jesus. There are dozens, if not hundreds of names the author could have used. 
Could have used the great I am. He could have used the door. He could have used the light of the world. He could have used the Messiah. He could have used the son of man. He could have used the Christ. He could have used the way, the truth, and the life. He could have used the door. He could, he could have used any name he wanted to assign to Jesus, but he specifically refers to him here as the great shepherd of the sheep. Okay, so he says, hey, here's who Jesus is, the great shepherd of the sheep. Here's what he does, ready? Verse 21, pray that he equips you with everything good for doing his will, and he may work in us what is pleasing to him through Christ Jesus, to whom be glory forever and ever. So, so he says, hey, here's who the good shepherd is, and here's how he involves himself. Here's what he does in your life. Jesus, the good shepherd, here's the first thing that he does, ready? The good shepherd will equip you with everything good for doing his work. Straight out of verse 21, the good shepherd will equip you with every good thing for doing his work. And if you don't hear anything else I say today, I think, this is the, I think this is it. I think this is what God wants to say to us today. The good shepherd will equip you with everything good for doing his will. Here's a promise from God saying, everything you need to do what I've called you to do, you're gonna have. My job as the shepherd is to get you everything that you need to do my will for your life. I'm reminded of a friend of mine that was here a few months ago. His name is Greg Ford. He said it like this. There's a difference between a God-given dream and a self-centered hallucination. I think it's important to, to say here, God will not give you everything you need for your own selfish, ambitious dreams. God will not give you everything you need for your own fantasies. God will give you everything you need to accomplish his will in his purposes in your life. All right, there's a huge difference. God will give you everything you need to accomplish his plan and his purposes in your life. It made me think about those like survivorless uh, shows. Like there's one called Alone. I don't know if any of y'all watched that show where they drop people off in the middle of nowhere and they just have to survive. And they give them like a kit with a few things. It's like, hey, here's everything that you need to survive. It's not luxurious. This is not everything you need to like build a skyscraper. This is not everything you need to make a mocha. Like this is not everything you need. No, no, this is everything you need to survive and do the task of the show right here. And this is, this is the good shepherd saying, hey, anything that I'm asking you to do, you're gonna have what you need. I, I'm gonna supply and equip you with every good thing to do my will. Hebrews 13, 21. Every good thing to do my will. This promise, as good as it is and as great as it sounds, I'm convinced most people don't believe it. I'm convinced most people do not believe that God will give you every good thing to do his will. And I'm convinced by this from observation. I'm convinced by this because I see a lot of people who hesitate to walk in full obedience to God's will because you do not have everything you need to do it. Or you hesitate to walk in God's will because you think if you do it, you won't have what you need while you're doing it. But Hebrews tells us the good shepherd, look, I want you to go with me here today. This is so important. The good shepherd will give you everything you need to do his will, to do his will. But I don't know if we believe this. Look, it's what I see all the time. I, if, I, if I tithe on my income, I won't be able to make it. 
I know I'm in a relationship that's not honoring to God, but I've already orchestrated my whole life around it. So if I break it off, I don't know what my life will look like. If I set aside time for prayer and study the scripture, I don't know if I'll have time for. Here's what you're saying. I don't believe God is my good shepherd. I don't believe that if I do what I know his will is, I'll have what I need. The promise of God is, no, no, no. I am your good shepherd. You'll have what you need. So look, if God is calling you to say it, God will give you the words to say. If God is calling you to give it, he'll provide you the resources to give it. If God is calling you to love them, he'll give you the patience to love them. If God is calling you to go, he's gonna open the door for you to walk through. If God is calling you to believe for it, he's gonna give you the faith to believe for it. Look, God has a track record of, a track record of giving his people what, he, what they need when they need it to do his will. Come on, look, I wanna, get, I wanna march through the Old Testament. If God is calling you, Moses, to go to Pharaoh, God will give you the boldness to speak to him and he'll give you Aaron to help you. If God is calling you out of Egypt, God will part the Red Sea so you can get out of there. If God is calling you to walk through the wilderness, he'll provide you manna in the desert to eat while you're out there. If God is calling you through a city called Jericho, God will crumble some walls to make sure you can get around it. If God is calling you past a giant guy named Goliath, God will make sure he's slayed no matter how, how he gets down. If God is calling you to a foreign land, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, or Abednego, God will give you favor with the foreigners while you're in the foreign land. If God has called you to build up a wall, Nehemiah, God will give you favor with the king, money, and a team to rebuild the wall that he's calling you to give. If God is calling you, Hannah, to surrender your child to God's will, God will give you the child to surrender to God's will. If God is calling you, Peter, to preach the resurrected Christ, he will give you boldness in the words to preach the resurrected Christ. If God is calling you, Peter and John, to appear before the Sanhedrin uh, and be bold, God will give you favor with the officials when you appear before them. If God is calling you, Paul and Silas, to worship him while you're in chains in a prison, God will give you a melody and a song in your heart to worship while you're chained up. If God is calling you, Stephen, to face persecution, God will give you boldness in an eternal perspective to face it while you're doing it. If God is calling you to do it, he'll provide what you need to do it. He's the good shepherd. So, so if you're not walking in obedience to God's word, here's what you're saying. I don't believe he's a good shepherd. I don't believe it because if I leave Egypt, there's a sea right there and I, you know, I, haven't, I haven't seen many people go through those and you know, it's pretty deep and I didn't take swim lessons. No. God's calling you to do it. God, God will do it. Like, man, there's a big decision I need to make with this relationship, and I don't even know. Like, but, but you know what God's word says, and you know what God is calling you to do. Like, if, if he's your good shepherd, walk in obedience and trust him to provide what you need to do it. Like, I, like I know God is calling me to be generous with my resources. I know God is calling, but I don't know how. If, if you know God is calling you to do it, trust him with it and watch him provide and give you what you need to do it. The good shepherd will give you what you need, everything you need to do according to his will. Psalm 23, verse one, we've already talked about it today. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. I lack nothing. The Lord is my shepherd, I've, I've got what I need. I've got what I need to do it. 
So because we've got a good shepherd, we can walk according to his will. Because we've got a good shepherd, we can obey God, even when we don't understand what it's gonna look like. Because we've got a good shepherd, we can trust him that he's gonna give us everything we need to do it. You've gotta walk according to his ways, walk according to his will. Look, for some of you, you're asking God to guide you and to speak to you regarding an area that's not clear in his word. Like God's word's not gonna tell you what college to go to. It's not gonna tell you, like it's not gonna tell you some certain like clear decisions that you might wanna make. I would, if I was gonna pastor you and say, okay, what, what, like how to get direction from God in this area, I would ask you, are you already obeying what God's word clearly says? Like why are you asking God about something that clearly doesn't say if you're not obedient to something does say? (laughs) Why would God entrust you with something that's not clear here if he can't trust you with something that is clear here? Like, like surrender yourself to the good shepherd today. Surrender yourself to his revealed word, to his, his clear word. Surrender yourself to the good shepherd and then let him guide you. Let him provide for you. Let him make a way. Let him show you where you are to go and lead you to new pastures because he is your good shepherd. He'll provide you everything that you need. you believe that today? The second thing that we see from that passage in Hebrews is not only we equip you with everything that you need for doing his will, but the good shepherd works in us what is pleasing to him. I love this last part that the author of Hebrews put in there. He says, hey, here's what the good shepherd does. He works in us. Somebody say in us. In us. He works in us what is pleasing to God. All right, so let's ask the question, what is pleasing to God? Well, Hebrews 11 tells us without faith, it's impossible to please God. So here's what's pleasing to God, faith. Faith is pleasing to God. Faith gets the attention of God. Faith turns the head of God. This is Jesus all throughout the Gospels. People get his attention. He commends them and says, great is your faith. When his disciples are wiling out and doing crazy stuff, he always says, where is your faith? Ye of little faith. Like to please, it takes faith to please God. And so here's what the good shepherd does. He provides us what we need to do his will and he works in us faith. He works in us faith. Here's what the author of Hebrews is saying. The good shepherd is so invested in you that he's going to make sure you keep having faith. He's going to work in you faith. He's going to cultivate on the inside of you faith. He's going to ensure that you keep the faith. This is Jesus in the parable of the one lost sheep. He's saying, hey, there's one sheep that's gone off. I'm going to leave it to go get one. What is the good shepherd doing? He's ensuring he stays in. He's ensuring he keeps the faith. I'm going to go after it. Jesus is assuring. He's saying, hey, this faith journey is not just about you having great faith. It's about me helping you have faith. This is why Jesus says, all you need is faith the size of a mustard seed. He's like, hey, your faith can be weak. That's okay, because I'm going to help you have more of it. It's okay if your faith is fragile right now. It's, it's okay if you have questions. It's okay if your faith is fragile. I am the good shepherd and I'm going to work in you faith. I'm gonna build your faith. I'm gonna help you grow in your faith. Jesus is not only leading us to pastures as a shepherd, that's outward things, things in our, but he's also inwardly working faith in us. Look, this is why for some of you, <laughs> this is why some of you, man, like you, 
you, you love God, you have a heart for the good shepherd, but you've like wandered and ran away and you've like tried to be a good sinner. But every time you've tried to be a good sinner, you realize you're terrible at it. <laughs> Come on. Every time you've tried to run and you're like, all right, man, forget this Jesus thing. Like I'm going to go with the pleasures of the world. Like you go after the pleasures of the world and they're miserable. And you're like, man, surely this will do it. If I can run far, far enough away from God, I can kind of just drown him out and I'll just run far away enough from God. And every time you do it, like you go try to make these plans that are not honoring to God and they cancel. You're a terrible sinner. <laughs> you're a terrible sinner. You try to be a good one. You're a terrible sinner. Like that's not just plans getting canceled. That's a good shepherd ensuring faith in you. That's a good shepherd saying, no, 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 I'm invested in you. Like you're, I've, I, I care about you. I've got an owner mentality around you. I'm not just going to let you wander off. I'm not just going to let you go. I care about you. I'm invested. I gave my son. My son bled and died and rose again for you. I'm invested and I'm the good shepherd, so I'm coming after you. Coming after you. I'm building faith in you. Your faith is weak. That's okay. I'm going to make it strong. Your faith is fragile. That's okay. I'm going to build it from the ground up on the cornerstone that is Jesus. I'm going to ensure your faith stays strong. This is reassuring. This is freeing. Because we realize, like, hey, your faith journey isn't just about you building your own faith. Now, we, we do need to grow our faith, but it's about the good shepherd saying, hey, I'm going to equip you. I'm going I'm to work in you what's pleasing to me, and that is faith. What I love about how Jesus closes the passage about being the good shepherd is Jesus says, hey, Nobody makes me give my life for the sheep. I ain't here to punch a clock. I ain't here to feel better. No, no, no. I lay it down in my own accord. What is Jesus saying? It's, it's not a burden for me to be your shepherd. I delight to be your shepherd. I love to be your shepherd. I love to lead you and guide you and work faith in you and give you everything that you need. It is a delight for Jesus to lead his people. And I want you to know today, you're not a burden to the good shepherd. You are not too burdensome for him to carry. Jesus delights in you. Jesus loves you. Jesus delights in building faith. When you come to Jesus broken and when you come to Jesus torn apart and questioning, you're not burdensome to him. You're not adding a heavy load to God. He can't bear. He loves it. He delights in it. He loves to lead you and guide you into still waters and green pastures and to develop faith in you. If you would just come to him and trust him as the good shepherd. You believe that today? Would you bow your head and close your eyes with me? I want to pray for you today. I want to pray that God would help us to trust him as the good shepherd. Father, thank you for your words today that so clearly reveals to us who you are. Lord, I thank you that you are not like a hired hand. God, you're not here in a moment and out the next. You're not disconnected and not concerned, but God, you are invested into us. You're so invested to us, you gave the greatest gift you could give in your son. And so, Lord, you care, you are concerned, you are close, you are near. And Lord, I pray for the person today that may be wandering from the flock of God. They may have ran off from you and they've tried to find satisfaction in the pleasures of this world. They've tried to fill the hole in their soul with things that the world has to offer God. And, it is, and they have been empty and they have been void. Lord, today I pray that your spirit would draw them back onto the care of the shepherd. Lord, I pray that 
that they would return with gladness and return with joy back to the care of the good shepherd. Lord, I pray for those of us, Lord, that are, that are trying to follow you and trying to follow your lead. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would lead us into green pastures and still waters. Lord, would you lead us where only you could lead us. And Lord, thank you. You're providing for us right now what we need to do, what it is you've called us to do. Lord, I pray for those of us, Lord, that have hesitated to walk in obedience to you because we don't feel like we have what we need. Lord, I pray that you would show yourself as the good shepherd to our church today, Lord, as people trust you in your word. Lord, I pray that as they leave Egypt, God, would you part the Red Sea as their good shepherd. Lord, I pray that as they march around Jericho, would you crumble the walls as they trust you as their good shepherd today. Lord, I pray that as they sing with shackles on, that you would break the shackles off as the good shepherd. Lord, would you give them what they need when they need it to do your will. Lord, we pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Keep your hands together for God's word today. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's podcast. Hey, if this content was helpful and encouraging to you, you could help us out by leaving a review or sharing it with the people in your life. I know it would bless them. Thanks again for tuning in and we'll see you next week.